0: Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sens. And here in the market with me today, or in the market, I'm reading your stuff and I'm so excited about the market. Here in the studio, talking about the market is Miss Simone Reggie. So thanks for joining me, Simone. We're going to talk about Simone's market. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And, you know, it's one of those days where things are a little crazy. So I'm So glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that we got to talk. Uh, For my listeners out there, I have been stalking Simone for months going, (laughs) we need to talk about what is happening in your market. And finally, today is the day. Here I am. (laughs) So I have, you know, six months of questions that we get to ask you in less than 30 minutes. Simone, are you ready? Let's do it. (laughs) So first of all, I want to say, a, the market is amazing, and I had so much fun at Po' Boy Fest. And for those of you who have done that, their Po' Boy was rocking, and it was delicious.
1: It was also the winner, I'd like to add. The winner. Two of them. One We won in poultry, and we won for most original.
0: And that fried chicken one. Yeah. Tell Tell people what that was. It's a smoked, then fried chicken thigh with a jalapeno
1: buttermilk slaw and pickled sweet peppers. And we have it as a sandwich on the menu all the time.
0: Oh, I love it. It was so good. It was like one of those just I need this in my life kind of sandwiches. Yeah. I need it <laughs> about once a week. Well I I may I'm trying not to need it once a week. I'm <laughs> trying to be healthier, but it's it's not really working for me. But um so Simone, let's talk about the market and how it got started because I know um y'all are kind of tucked away in a little gym. And uh, not necessarily when we say market, not the kind of market like a big grocery store, but y- there there's this kind of farmer's market aspect to it. So let's let's talk about it. Okay. So when did y'all open and how'd y'all get started and what was that process?
1: All right. We opened December 23rd, 2016. Yes, I opened two days before Christmas because I don't know. I'm crazy. And... Um, before, before this, I was with a company called Good Eggs, which was an online grocery delivery company. And Good Eggs shut their doors in New Orleans in August of 2015. And I had a relationship with all of these farmers and food producers. And I was like, I should open my own store, um, but also have prepared foods in it. And so I planned for about a year and a half of working on the market. And then for a while, it was super fun because I've sampled everything on the shelves. And so I'd call these companies be like, can you send me a sample of this peanut butter or this chocolate bar or these chips? And I'd have parties at my house and set it up in my dining room to where we'd just eat, like, 50 snacky foods. Oh, fun. Yeah. And just kind of get everybody... Because I'm not the end-all be-all of what is good food. And so I know everybody has different palates. So I'd bring in, like, random random friends and a variety of friends to see what they thought. And that's kind of how we curated what's on the shelves of the market for the most part.
0: And I I love that word. And I feel like it's a word that um, we're starting to hear more of curated. Mm -hmm. And so when you say curated, what do you mean by that?
1: It's selected, right? Like it's not just everything is on the shelf for a reason. Now, sometimes it's because John, who lives a block away really likes coconut sugar, but For the most part, it's all, we've thought through why we work with each of our producers.
0: And I think that that makes a difference, you know, to us as buyers to know that it's not just like a, you know, a franchise price list where somebody said, I'm going to open a market and these are the, you know, 3,000 things that we carry and we just order it. To know that someone has personally sampled, touched, tasted, and got to know the producer seems to make a big difference.
1: It is it makes it more work i you know. <laughs> but but it does it does make it more special, and it's not just a bunch of specialty things, like yes, we do have Poyer's cane syrup, which is small batch cane syrup out of Youngsville, but we also have you know country grain rice that's affordably priced and canned beans and so there are the shiny
0: things, as I like to call them,
1: but if you just shop for your basic grocery needs it's It's very reasonable.
0: And, you know, whenever we're talking about, you know, finding these things and curating these things, did you just go online or did you ask people? How did you even find that some of these small products uh, existed?
1: Both. Um, Whether it's just through word of mouth or just tasting or like going into a store. I mean, the f- pictures on my phone of things in stores and like random things i found in people's porches uh, like pantries it's just like take a picture and call the company and one time there was a small company that's like how did you find us i'm like i have no idea <laughs> cannot remember
0: but well, you know it's one of those things cuz i'm i'm kind of a grocery store nerd and I feel like you can get to know a community by going to the local stores and markets because you learn the taste, the flavors, the different cultures that live in that neighborhood because the market tends to cater to the people around them. And so my husband thinks I'm just a weirdo because we'll go on vacation and, you know, we're in Salt Lake City and he's like, why do you want to go to this little grocery? And I'm like, because... I want the local things. So are y'all catering to people in the neighborhood? Are you catering to the entire city? Are you, you know, who is your market that you're looking to reach out to? As far as
1: the grocery on the aisles, I would say we're definitely catering to the neighborhood. I mean, there's no grocery store within one and a half, like 1.2 miles. And so all the pantry staples are kind of there for them. Um, and we have like a huge, a decent wine selection and beer selection. And a lot of the wines you won't find in other grocery stores, but they're not super fancy and overpriced because um, people, I don't want to spend, you know, over $20 on a bottle of wine normal on a normal day. But I think in the prepared foods and the sandwiches and the catering. That is kind of for the whole city.
0: So let's talk about that because, you know, there are these multiple aspects to the shop. And, um, you know, you're doing prepared foods and you're doing catering. So what are you all offering from that perspective?
1: We have every we have an extensive sandwich menu. You know, we have our smoke fried chicken and we have a seasonal veggie. <clears throat> we also do tacos every day, which are so good. And it's like fried shrimp or fish or pulled pork tacos with a jalapeno slaw and the pickled peppers. Oh, they're my favorite. Um, But then now we're getting into, I'm working on creating a few healthy options. So like, I really like a grain bowl for lunch, you know, like either quinoa or farro with some greens and avocado and a nice sauce and some veggies. And so I'm working to have a couple of those options there. So they have more of a healthy option but utilizing local produce as much as possible.
0: And so as we're going into the spring season and the summer season, and you're working so closely with the farmers that are bringing the produce to Simone's Market, you know, what should we expect to be available to us? Like, what are the next, you know, what are the next things that are in season that we're going to be seeing? Squash. Squash
1: is like my favorite. I just got some zucchini the other day from a farmer, and it's so beautiful. Um, that's my favorite season. And tomatoes. I mean, Creole tomatoes, put Creole tomato with some mayonnaise on a piece of bread and I'm in heaven.
0: I want soft, squishy bunny bread. Mm -hmm. I want bacon on it and Creole tomato and blue plate mayonnaise. Yeah. And I'm like a happy, happy girl. I like Duke's mayonnaise. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, that's a whole nother show. (laughs) The mayonnaise debate. Entirely (laughs) different debate. Um,
1: but yeah, so I'm going to also have a Creole tomato sandwich coming up soon too.
0: So with these, um, with the squash, you know, when I ask people, what's your favorite vegetable or what's your favorite produce? Squash is not one that I get most often. So what is it about squash that gets you so excited? Okay, so
1: um, I'm Lebanese, I'm half Lebanese, and I do these, this like Lebacajan meals. Um, It's the first Sunday of the month where I make my grandmother's Sunday dinner recipes. And it's like Lebanese food, but what I grew up at not what you'd normally get in a restaurant. <clears throat> and one of the dishes is stuffed squash. And so she used to core the squash and stuff it with meat, rice, butter, tomato sauce, cinnamon and allspice, salt and pepper. Yum. And cook it in a pot with some broth. And we'd eat that. And that was like my favorite. And it's. It's just so good, and it reminds me of like springtime because I remember her going to the farmers market and wanting to get the little squash because they were,
0: they were easier, tender. yeah, they were
1: tender and. Um, so anyway, that is that's why I love squash, and I just got into noodling the zucchini. Oh my goodness! Making the zucchini. It's life process. changing. I
0: love that little toy. It's
1: so much fun, and we sell them at the market now because I was I got one and I was like, oh, this is a great way to eliminate waste also, which is a huge focus for us.
0: And, you know, one thing that I like about squash is that it's versatile, both sweet and savory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, uh, they're, it's prolific. Like, you know, you, you plant some squash and, you know, it can get a little out of control mm-hmm. if you overplant squash. And one of the things I like is that you can pickle it, you can turn it into pie, you can stuff it, and that it, kinda takes if it's not a standalone, it just takes on the flavor of what it's cooked with. So I feel like I can sneak a few vegetables in on people mm-hmm. and they don't really realize it. Yeah. And you can
1: grill it too. I mean there are lots yeah, there's lots of options.
0: Well so with the um the Lubbock menu that you do on Sundays, is that like a sit down dinner or is it just come in and, and get the items? Both. Both. So you can either Come and pick it up and eat it there, or you can take it home.
1: And it's normally the staples are grape leaves, hummus, um, the kibbe footballs, tabbouleh. And then I'll do one other main dish that is either I do like an eggplant casserole when eggplant's in season. I do the stuffed
0: squash. I do
1: Lebanese rice dressing. So it just kind of varies.
0: One thing that I talk a lot about on this show are the different cultures and people who have influenced our local cuisine. And I think that, um, you know, Lebanese food is not something that we immediately think of, but I can just look back, you know, I have a brother-in-law whose family is Lebanese and they've been growing their grape leaves in you know, the new Iberia area for quite some time. So you start to realize that, um, you know, there are these cultures and flavors that are, are merging with our food and, Maybe it's not something we've paid attention to, but you once you start paying attention to it, you realize it is, you know, truly Louisiana.
1: Yeah, and I think you know my family was from Crowley and came to this country in 1920. In 1928, I have a picture in the market of like my great grandfather standing in his market, probably around 1928 which is crazy that he came to this country eight years before not speaking the language with $18 in his pocket and did that. That's amazing. But getting back to the mixing of cultures, it's, it's, I'm sure my great grandmother and my grandmother took some influences of Southwest Louisiana
0: and incorporated them into a lot of the food that they make.
1: You know, it's, got a little kick to it
0: for sure. And it's, you know, what's available to you and where, you know, when you move, you have to adapt your cuisine a little bit to what is indigenous to the area, but you still want to keep true to those, those family roots. So the fact that you had family in the market business, is that what drove you to say, Hey, I'm going to carry on this tradition?
1: No, actually. (laughs) I mean, I grew up with that photo always around Um, which if you look at the website, that's the picture. And my dad had a restaurant when I was growing up and I knew I wanted to do something in food, but I didn't want to have a restaurant. And so when I moved here for grad school eight years ago, my internship was with the John Besh Foundation starting their microloan program for small farmers. And in doing that, I was like, wow, there's, there's not a lot of outlets for these farmers. So I was like, okay, that's something I could do. So I opened Cleaver & Company Butcher Shop, and then I went on with Good Eggs, which focused on local producers. And then now I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. All those things under one roof. So I love we it. Are.
0: Well, so in the process, have you, um, you know, had a product that you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Like, we can't, we can't serve this. Or something that as soon as you tasted it, you said, I have to have this in my life.
1: Yes. There are these little um chocolate bars. Now, when I was doing the sample parties and eating everything, like I sampled so many chocolates. And so friends who would come regularly to the tasting parties would be like, "Oh, they'd take a bite of chocolate." And then I'm like, "People take whatever you want and bring it home." Well, there are these uh raw chocolate bars called Honey Mamas.
0: Yeah, right. I'm it writing down. I'm it's writing so it down good. y'all. Honey um, Mama cuz that sounds and that it just was is a fun name too.
1: <laughs> they're they're out of Oregon. I think they were the ones who were like, "How did you find us?" Now they're in a couple more stores here, but they are so good and good for you um that and I'm just they just did a ginger cardamom flavor and yeah. there's like a lavender rose and there's a cacao nibs and a cocoa no nut. Like there's some really good ones. So that's my favorite. That's my go-to favorite thing in the market.
0: What about when y'all were doing the menus for the catering and for the deli part and all that? Are there some dishes that y'all worked on and then you're like, "Mm, it was great in concept, uh, probably not going to fly in the market or dishes that, you know, you inspired something that really became a standard or something that you had to offer?
1: We did for... Po' boy fest. We did a Leba Cajun po' boy, which was like hashwi, which is like ground meat with cinnamon and allspice. So good with tabbouleh and a yogurt sauce. I want that bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be such a good bowl. Um, that's a really good idea.
0: Yeah, you need yeah. to make that bowl. All there you right. go. Awesome. So anyway, it's like
1: figuring out. Wow, I would have never thought those things would all go together on picking, a bun. On a yeah, on a bun. So it's like making making that kind of work out. Um, I'm trying to think of things that just didn't fly and it's like we've been kind of found our groove and that feels like it was a long time ago but now I'm starting to create new things like twice baked potatoes and chicken nuggets and tacos every day.
0: So where are you getting the ideas for or where are you getting inspired to come up with the the menu?
1: Mostly now it is what's what's about to expire from the front of the house produce um has been my focus. So therefore it's not a lot of products that are going to be on the menu all the time, but it's like, oh okay, we have this zucchini and these tomatoes and this kale that all needs to be used. All right, I'm going to make a nice pasta salad. Oh wait, we have some basil. Let's make some pesto and kind of working that way. Um Because my main goal right now is to eliminate as much waste as possible.
0: And I love that you say that. I had a a girl, Allison, on the show not too long ago because I feel passionately about getting rid of food waste. And I feel like we as Americans buy too much stuff and throw too much stuff away. And we are, you know, there are ways to preserve and use the things that are going, you know, or are expiring or mm-hmm. ending their their span. But um, you know, as a business, I can only imagine the volume that you'll have that you'll have to think about and manage because if you were to throw it away, you know, it's it's a lot of food. Right. Um
1: but now we're able to kind of streamline everything between what I need to buy for the kitchen and what Derek, who's my front of the house manager needs to buy for the grocery floor and Really utilizing that connection there and working working together to eliminate as much as possible. Plus, we work with Okra Abbey, um, which is like a local farm, and they they're picking up our compost. So any produce that we have to waste that cannot go into veg stock,
0: <laughs> then <laughs> they pick it up for us. And you know that's it's so funny because you're like cannot go into veg stock. I had a conversation with someone the other day, and I was cutting an onion, and they were just kind of hanging out talking to me while I was cooking. And I have my little Ziploc bag on the counter, and I'm, like, putting my onion skins in it, and I'm putting my bits and pieces. And they were like, you can use the onion skins? And I'm like, yes. And you can use this, and you can use that. And, um, you know, sometimes it just takes somebody reminding us that those things can go into a dish and create something delicious and beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we make a lot of, we make our own chicken stock, veg stock. And then we do, like, a restorative broth. And our chicken stock is, like, a two-day process. And then we do, like, a restorative bone broth, which has apple cider vinegar and amino acids.
0: So if I wanted to come in and just get some really good, you know, stocks and broths, mm-hmm. I can buy those from you yeah. In see, the prepared
1: food section.
0: And see that's good because you know, a lot of times the difference between a great gumbo and an okay gumbo is the quality of the stock, mm-hmm. you know, and the the time and the love that went into preparing it. Yeah. And it's a whole different ball game that you know than the the gel of bouillon that yeah. you put in the water. And um, you know, definitely less salty, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well so you know, we have a little bit of time left. Are there any things that are, you know, happening at the market, coming up at the market, or any um, great, um, you know, farmers that you want to talk about? Anything that you're like, this, the world needs to know this. Um, we want to work with a lot more. So I'm a lot more
1: chefs and people coming up in the food world. And so we have this beautiful kitchen that, you know, our, the market closes at 8, and so if people would ever want to come and pop up and do pop-up dinners at night, it's a perfect venue for them. Um, I'm We're working on that, and then also working on, like, meal kits. So there's HelloFresh and Blue Apron. A lot of times it's hard for people because you have to commit to three a week delivered to your house, and so what I'm going to do is Work with some local chefs, such as yourself, and you're going to give me a recipe, and then people. She's can, demanding it on the air so yes. that everyone knows, <laughs> um, and people can come to the market and they can buy your kit, and it'll have your recipe, and we'll con- we'll put all the components together, so people don't have to buy, you know, a whole box of cumin if they don't use cumin a lot, and all they need is a teaspoon, um, and so kind of. Getting more and more into those prepared meal kits, too, because I think
0: people want to cook, but they don't want to think through it. I don't. I agree. I agree All the time, so. Um, you know, I feel like people want to cook. They want to embrace new flavors and ideas, but they're not necessarily willing to commit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's this kind of, we want to get around the table, we want to spend time with friends and family, and we want to get back to that family meal, but somehow life gets in the way, and if we can find an easier, more efficient way for that to happen, where we can cook together and eat together, but again, not have to spend two hours planning the menu and an hour measuring everything, and then, oh, I forgot the egg, and now I got to go back to the grocery. Mm -hmm. To have someone do that for you allows you to get to the important moments of your life.
1: Yeah, because I remember growing up, we always sat around the table together, and that's one thing my boyfriend and I feel it's important to at least have one meal a day together. Lately, it's been a little crazy busy, but sit down and with no TV and no distraction and just have a conversation because we're all so distracted with our phones. And I always sound like a curmudgeon when I get on this <laughs> rant. It's like we're all watching Netflix and looking at the Instagrams and
0: all at the same time all on three different, different devices.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think, and that's part of what I like about the market too is, I think people people want to kind of go back to the simplicity. The market is 1,600 square feet customer space, so it's not huge. But there aren't an abundance of selections. It's like, okay, you need butter. You you need two choices of butter, salted or unsalted. Um, And so trying to not go and overwhelm people with too many selections.
0: And, you know, I find that... In life, that makes my life easier. You know, if I go, I I joked, I went on vacation and I said, the only decision I want to make is rum punch or margarita, like give me two choices. I make decisions every day of my life that to know that someone else has spent the time and the energy to identify that this, (laughs) either of these are great choices, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going wrong. But also, you know, to um, to not be overwhelmed because I know I'll send my my father in law to the grocery to go grab something or my husband, and I'll get text messages with like pictures, and they're like, "Which? Oh my god, which one?" And right. Like, it's it's olives. Just just get just get olives. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <it's> okay. <laughs> just give me some olives. So you know, if there is something wonderful about making it where we can just be. Mm-hmm. Well, so we're almost out of time, but tell our listeners where they can find you, when you're open, and how they can get in touch with you. All right.
1: We are at 8201 Oak Street, Suite 2, next to DTB, um, which is great. Coastal cuisine. What do they call it? Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry, DTB. But anyway, it's a great restaurant. (laughs) Coastal cuisine. And um, we're open from 10 to 8, seven days a week. And you can find our website, www.simonesmarket.com. And follow us on Instagram, Simones Market.
0: Yeah. And try the new bowls that you have coming out, some healthy yes. cooking options, the new meal kits, and um, maybe do a little shopping for some interesting ingredients, too. Yeah.
1: But definitely come and check out our tacos, too, because they're really good.
0: And tacos are every day? Every day.
1: Every day is we Taco used to, Day. Yeah. We used to just do Taco Fridays. And now I was like, I want, but I want tacos every day. And so, so does everybody else, apparently.
0: <laughs> tacos are good for the soul too. Yes. Well, Simone, thank you so much for joining us today. You all been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. In the studio today with me, I had Miss Simone Reggie of Simone's Market. Thanks for joining me. Until next time. Ciao.
1: Thank you.